Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we're not the first guys who fell in love with a woman that they met at a restaurant who turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist, only to lose her to her childhood lover who she last saw on a deserted island, who then turned out 15 years later to be the leader of the French underground. This sounds like the plot of a bad movie. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the 98th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. Tonight, in our final episode of the Hops and Double the Flops series, we, the leaders of La Resistance, are going skeet surfing with the 1984 cult classic from the makers of the original airplane. Yes, that's the tagline for this movie, one of them. Not the Wright Brothers, it's top secret. Before we begin... If everybody had a 12-gauge with a surfboard, too, you see him shooting and surfing from here to Malibu because he's totally bitching, riding waves and blasting pigeons, and it's a neat shooting skeet when you're riding on the heavies all day. First wave. Don't get tired. Second wave. Aim higher. Third wave. Pull it and fire. Okay, now that we've uh, shot some birds and shredded some rad barrels, points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at WriterTLK. And of course, my lovely backup singers, Captain Cash. At C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Chumpzilla. You can find me pondering the line, your life will be worth less than a truckload of dead rats in a tampon factory, at Twitter, <laughs> at Chumpzilla8. Did they kill the rats? Did, did they okay. feed the I rats don't, to the I, table? I don't, I don't know. I'm at HBOF McCheese, but I would like to point out that, that Skeet Surfing is a fantastic song and not quite a music video, but a part of the movie that is somewhat hysterical because of how ridiculous it is. Which should actually, I mean, it should set the stage for this entire pod. It, it really does. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it, not only the pod, the movie. I... I know we're going to get into it, but the first two minutes of this film, this film tells you exactly what you're in for. Which is great, because then you know, you know, like, if you're not in for this movie, get the fuck out. If you are, then, I mean, Welcome. Be, along, be along for the ride. It is uh, a, a spoofy spoof movie. It is wall-to-wall jokes. Like, there's almost no time to breathe between the jokes. Which, this thing is a live-action cartoon. That's yeah, what yeah this I is. mean, they actually start to layer spoof on top of spoof in certain portions where you have to, you have to pay attention to keep up to the amount of like interweaving of the spoof jokes that they're going for. Yeah, like there's a, a scene in this movie that's literally filmed backwards. Why yep. I don't know, yep. but it is. Oh, why the fuck not? Oh, I can tell you why. It'll come up later. Yeah. So this movie is available to rent pretty much across streaming platforms. It's apparently also free on Pluto TV, uh, which is one of those TV streaming services that <laughs> I don't sure have. Sure it is. Yeah. 
Is that like a space themed alternative to Peacock? Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, it's good sure. as explanation as any. Uh, I no, excuse me. I believe it is a dog equivalent to Quibi. Oh yeah. Oh. I actually prefer um, that the dog equivalent to Quibi. <laughs> it ate Quibi, then shout out Peacock. <laughs> Uh, tonight we're drinking Boom Dynamite, which is an American IPA with a 7.0 APV, so just enough to be approved by Captain Cash. And I don't think I don't think Weir is the right answer. Well, no, I'm yeah. drinking it. Uh, I paired it with this movie. Uh, it features notes of grapefruit and mango. It is out of Oso Brewery, so if you're local to Arizona, you can get this beer. Uh, I am the only desert dog. That's why I'm the only one that has it. Uh, as members of an underground freedom force, I thought it was appropriate that we'd have a uh, weapon or explosive themed beer. And I will say it is good, uh, but it's very fruity. So for me, I'm going like one and a half to two bad movies with this beer. But it is a good beer. Like, and Oso's a restaurant. So you go, you order a beer, you usually order different beers. I would have one of these and then probably move on to a different beer on their menu. While it's not the same, I I did want to get a theme beer, so I went with Coronado Brewing Company Brewing Company's Never Better Double IPA, which is the whole can is a surfing motif. As back to our intro, and it is, uh, let's see, I think it's Captain Cash approved at sorry, give me a second, eight point one percent. It comes in a six pack of pints, and it's actually very good. It's a very good beer. So. I can get it in Ohio. I have a feeling that a lot of people can get Coronado Brewing Company at their their local beer shop. And if you can, go for it. It's uh, it's decent. Rock and roll. Right on. Uh, So Top Secret, the movie, is written and directed by the team of Jim Abrams, Abrahams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker, who had previously collaborated on Airplane, which came out two years before this. Uh, Post this, they each had a hand in some of the most wildly popular spoof movies of all time, including the show Police Squad, which became Naked Gun. They also, uh, part of them were involved with Hot Shots and Scary Movie. So they've been across some of the huge spoof movies. Um, And if you've never seen the Naked Gun movies, obviously you should do that and see this one as well. Top Secret stars a very young Val, the Irishman Kilmer, <laughs> as Nick Rivers. Uh, this was his first big screen movie. Uh, I I want to jump in here, and I'm hold on, I'm getting back to the notes. The thing I wanted to point out is this is Val Kilmer at 25, and he actually looks like he could possibly be like in the lower range of that as compared to If Looks Could Kill, which was Richard Grieco at 25, who looked like he was going on 40. Yeah. When when I first watched this, I texted you, Thunder's Wizard, I'm like, this is a young Kilmer. And then I looked it up on IMDb, and I'm like, oh shit, this is 25 years old. And I was like, he looks like he's fucking maybe 19, 20? Yeah, if if Val Kilmer is like Zach Morris, then uh, Richard Grieco is the meme of steve buscemi with the skateboard like what's up kids i was gonna say belding but no that works better hey hello my kids. fellow yeah. students hey cool dudes uh it also stars omar welcome back sharif as agent cedric a legit great actor 
Yeah. What are you doing here, buddy? <laughs> he hey, lets hey, them do nothing... all kinds of absurd shit. Damn. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with doing a spoof movie. It's all about having fun. So oh, fun. Let, Before let Naked Gun, do Leslie Nielsen was a, a legit dramatic actor. So I mean, I I get why Omar Sharif was like, oh, you know. Well. I mean, what's the worst that happens? It's not like it's going to bomb. It's a spoof movie. I, mean, I think it, you mean before it, Airplane. Even if, does, even if a, sorry, even if it does bomb. It doesn't matter because it's a spoof movie. Well, that was uh, I read this big like oral history of of Top Secret on the film's 30th anniversary, which was 2014, and they liked putting serious actors in these movies because they just like hey have fun like you always have to be so serious have fun. They they did say that like Leslie Nielsen had more fun than anybody, which then it became like his life's work to just continue doing those movies but yeah he's in the poseidon adventure which is not at all like funny or upbeat it's about a a ship sinking and he's the captain of said ship i just like i i'd like to imagine at some point they got done with filming and leslie nelson went to the the first screening and was like shit i can get paid to do this like this not like not the series, but like I could just dick around for like a couple weeks, and you're gonna hand me a shitload. Fuck, I'm never doing anything else. Did not realize that was an option. And honestly, Kilmer, uh, he was like really serious because Kilmer uh, went to Juilliard. He's a classically trained actor. He he showed up to the audition for this, dressed as Elvis, knowing full well that's sort of what the character entailed. He was supposed to be this young, brash rock star type. And just owned this entire audition. And they are like, oh, of course we're choosing him. But then once they started filming the movie, he was like, I don't get this. What's my character really after? None of this makes sense. And he didn't have a lot of fun with it. And in retrospect, he's like, I should just listen to them. Sometimes it's good to just enjoy what you're doing. Forget about the character motivations and just laugh. It's kind of a, I, I did not do a lot of research into the background of this. So I'm kind of bummed to learn that Kilmer... Just didn't have a good time. Like clearly, he eventually figures it out because MacGruber. But still, yeah. Well, no. I think it shows at times. You you can see him in this movie uh, struggle in some scenes where he's tonally just not with the rest of the cast. Like, uh, but and and part of that he is a first time actor as well in terms of a major Hollywood movie. That's but true. yeah, I think also the tone was lost on him at times. Like, because he's really. Now, not to get ahead of ourselves, but he really throws himself into the musical numbers. This is so true. you can tell he was trying really hard. But I think between being green and not quite understanding what he'd gotten into, you can catch it in some scenes where he just kind of checks out and seems out of sync. And he did he did sing all those. If you buy this the soundtrack the for this movie, it's him. No, as Nick no, Rivers, not but... the soundtrack. You can't get this. He's not on the soundtrack. You have to buy his album. He yes, released an yeah, album. Released the album. Of the movie songs. Yeah. There are two albums from this movie. There is a soundtrack and there is uh, Nick Rivers' album. Yeah, and I mean, this legitimately is his first rodeo, so it makes sense that he might have not gotten that. Like, hey, don't don't be a serious actor. Like, have some more fun with it. And you know, some of the scenes you see it both ways, but. I think overall it comes across good for being his first movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's he's just as good as anybody else in this movie. And they also took credit uh, 
or you know said hey it's on us we didn't really we underwrote the character there wasn't really mm-hmm. much there there so they took accountability for that uh, it also stars peter Grandmoff tarkin cushing as bookstore proprietor this is his stars. last i mean he shows yeah up. it's his last american production uh this is also nuts though and why i wanted to mention him cushing they show up to this bookstore and Peter Cushing has this giant eye. The gag is he's looking through this magnifying glass. So the eye looks big. But when he takes the magnifying glass away, his eye is actually big. And it turns out they had to make a mold of Peter Cushing's face for that, for the makeup. And when they filmed Rogue One, they reused that mold to recreate Peter Cushing. Which is sort of terrifying. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool, though. Yeah. Uh, You've also got Michael Alfred Pennyworth Go as Dr. Paul Flamond. Eddie, I was the messenger pirate in Raiders of the Lost Ark to go as Chocolate Moose. Uh, Jim Downton Abbey Carter as Deja Vu. Mr. Carson. Yeah. You've got, I fucking love that puffin. You've got Jeremy Hissazul Kemp as General Streck. Yeah, this guy was on the Hercules television show with Kevin Sorbo. Oh, god damn it. Kevin Sorbo Oh, sucks. no. Yeah. That and show it, was great, though. Gave us Xena. Yeah. I mean, at the time, before I knew he was an ass clown, I liked, <laughs> I liked a true. lot. Uh, you've also got Christopher Villers as Nigel. And Lucy, I was in a show with Roger Reese, Guttridge, as Hilary Flamond. Now, I passed over a lot of people. I, those are Ian McNeese. Ian, characters. I was the goddamn Baron Harkonnen in Dune, McNeese. There is a lot of famous people, and there's also a lot of people, characters that you just, you wouldn't even, you know, they're barely in the movie. And it's wild because it's 84, so they're all, like, mostly, like, you can pick Grand Moff Tarkin out easily, but there are a ton of actors in this where you're like, hold up, is that, is that that guy? Like, I spent, like, the vast majority of my time looking on the backstory of this, just looking up who these actors are were and what they did later it's wild yeah it's a fun imdb deep dive like finding out that chocolate moose is in raiders of the lost ark just as a messenger pirate is like oh cool (laughs) nice uh so top secret did gross 20 million dollars on a budget of around eight and a half to nine million but it's considered a big time flop because Airplane was such a massive success. Airplane earned like 158 million worldwide, uh, and this came two years later, and it was their follow-up project. So people probably expected a little bit more, and it finished seventh at the box office on its opening weekend. Uh, they've sort of attributed that lack of success to the film not having like a true center. It's basically spoofs about all sorts of things. It's a movie that's set in post-World War II East Germany, but really doesn't channel that history in any real way because the Nazis still occupy East Germany. Uh, and then the you know, skeet surfing is definitely not something from that era. Uh, a lot of the jokes are really not from that era. So it kind of pinballs all over the place. I don't mind it at all. I still think it's a very funny movie, but that's just what Zucker and uh, Abrahams thought, that... Airplane is more focused. It's all these jokes on an airplane. This movie is sort of all over the place. Um, I, I tend to agree with them, actually. Like, it's funny because it's the same level of gag and human cartoon, but for Airplane, there is at least a handful of characters that you can kind of 
attach a, an arc to, and that really doesn't happen here. Well, I think the thing you've got an airplane is that you've got a very simple yet strong central narrative that all the wackiness haps, <clears throat> happens around. Whereas in this movie, the plot's a little more complicated, ambiguous, and yet you still have all the wackiness. So it, it doesn't seem to have that same like central concentrating effect. It's like the jokes are still jokes, but it doesn't seem to be going anywhere in particular at times. Yes. And the main character of Airplane has like an actual growth arc. Like he has to overcome his fears or his anxieties to save the day. And it's actually based on, I forget the name of the movie, uh, but they, they basically ripped that narrative and said, okay, we're going to redo that. And it's going to be a spoof. So David Sucker said, the lesson we learned from airplane was to just fill up 90 minutes with jokes and you have a movie with top secret. It's very funny, but it really isn't a good movie. It didn't have a plot or real characters or real structure. So to captain cash's point, that's the way the writers and the directors of the movie look at it. I think it, there's a narrative there. It's just really weak. Um, but I still think the movie is very funny. In addition to that, as in this oral history I mentioned, Jerry Zucker said, Airplane is a movie, Top Secret is a joke book. Same kind of deal. But critics liked it. 77% on Rotten Tomatoes with 35 reviews, a 68% on Metacritic. And it is what we now consider a cult classic. It's, screamed, it's screened at film festivals around the country. It has a pretty devout following. Uh, I bet you if you tried to fetch one of those uh, Nick Rivers records, it would come at a hefty price. Uh, to your point, Thunderous Wizard, the cheapest one I could find was 50 bucks, and it was already on hold. So there you go. I'm, I'm assuming you put down 75 then? No, it was, it, was, it was kind of like a buy now thing. I tried. That would have made a lovely prize for the trivia contest, but alas and alack. I, I will say this for the film. This film is so joke-dense that even if something doesn't hit for you, you have to wait two seconds and there's another joke. So it's it's hard to get mad at this movie. Oh, yeah, and there's certainly stuff that just doesn't land, but then something immediately after lands. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay, no worries. Like, you don't have to, like, sit there and linger like, oh, shit, that joke was terrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so how would you guys describe this film in one sentence? We'll start with you, Mayor McCheese. Uh, Naked Gun, East Germany, 1961. Captain Cash. This spiritual successor to Airplane, headed by Val Kimmer, just doesn't ever get off the ground. Okay, Chumzilla. That's good. I like Slider, that. Slider, you stink. Uh, listen, I'm just saying, Rotten Tomatoes, if you need me to write some bylines, I'm here for you guys. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to pull a Mary McCheese. I got two this week. So here's my hard thought one. Top Secret spoofs the oddball combination of Cold War era spy movies and Elvis movies from the 50s and 60s with a sense of humor that consists solely of tired sight gags and dick jokes. Uh, I would describe it as Batman saves Alfred from a fascist regime in East, in East Germany who's forcing him to build a weapon that Adam West would have had to fight against in the 60s version of the character. Oh, and we, then we could have got the Batusi for sure. Oh, yeah, and some shark spray. So here's my alternative, and this is in the vein of Mary McCheese's style. Top Secret is the unholy combination of a naked gun movie and that thing you do. Yeah, no, I see that. that, that okay, that's, yeah, the one. that's also fair, yes. 
Uh, the right. actual description from IMDb, and by the way, I I don't know if they have like interns there now or like there's some sort of like pro, you know like it's like a high school program. Well, I mean, they're having well, people write these sentences. But... While we're selling ourselves, IMDb, if you need some movie descriptions, Captain Cash is always available on Twitter. Just reach Happy out. Happy to, to write that one sentence for you guys. Can you uh... please rewrite if looks could kill? Because that. Jesus Christ. Yes. So yes. I think yeah. we have we have a new IMDB shit description champion in if looks could kill. So that should be the new like Mendoza line for our movie one liners. Yeah, no, yeah, we can carry that. We can carry that until we find a new one. Sure, one, for sure. Yeah. Jesus. This but, one's yeah. just above that. It's yeah, okay. T dubs, give us this one. This is also very good. Parody of World War II spy movies in which an American rock and roll singer becomes involved in a resistance plot to rescue a scientist imprisoned in East Germany. No. No. Not wrong. Not one mention of skeet surfing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair. You Come may on. want to lead with skeet surfing. The yeah. movie certainly does. Yes. Uh, so let's get to the plot. Uh, in East Germany, a remaining force of Nazi officers is planning a terrorist attack. It will coincide with their cultural festival, which will distract the world from their nefarious plot. Uh, as part of that festival, upstart American rocker Nick Rivers has been invited to perform. Uh, he's replacing, uh, I forget who. But uh, Shit, I can't remember either. I do, I do remember there's a point in the film where he's performing and it has his name, another name, and it says, if time permits, Frank Sinatra. Uh, I, I thought the Milton gag Burl. was that's to show how. Oh, yes, it's Milton Burl. Milton Burl. No, no yeah. they make a Milton Burl joke yeah. later. But, well, yeah. but no, I thought that was the deal to show how big and fancy Nick Rivers is, that he's better than Frank Sinatra. He's better than, what's his name? No, Jimmy, he, he, James Dean. He's, no, no at, the, at the end of the movie, he claimed, or towards the end of the movie, he claims to be Milton Burrow at the at the. Yeah. The, the doc, never mind. I just. Yes. What do you get a Milton Burrow joke? And you know, that's the guy that wrote uh, Chestnuts Roasting, the Christmas song. That's yeah. Milton Burrow. Moving on. Now, before uh, you begin, hold on. I thought Milton Burrow was a comedian that was hung like a horse. It can be both. I don't actually. I'm not going to look that up. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't play. Google already has enough on me from this pod. I'm not Googling that. <laughs> Don't get me if, if that is true, folks, I will post it to the social media, but that is the old tale about Milton Berle. Well, I mean, don't post Milton Berle's Some people say oh, he's the, he was the original Mr. Hands. <laughs> oh, Jesus the Christ. baby's arm holding an apple. Uh, <laughs> Milton Berle. Anyways. Uh, I do want to say, for clarity's sake, that Nick Rivers is played by Val Kilmer doing his very best Elvis impression. Yeah. Straight up true romance. No, and I'm sorry. It's not Milton Berle. It was uh, Mel Torme. Ah, the Velvet Fog. The Velvet yes, Fog. The Velvet uh, Fog. Great yeah. episode of Seinfeld featuring Mel Torme. So along with Nick. Was was Mel Torme also hung or? I don't, nah. you know, I, I don't have any uh, insider info on how well endowed Mel Torme was, but he was called the Velvet Fog, so. So One maybe. Only so help. maybe, yeah. You don't just get sweet nicknames if, you, <laughs> if you're not well endowed. Uh, Says the thunderous wizard, am I right, yeah. listener? This pot, this pot has taken a hard left turn. It did. It did. Which is not what you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> 
So along with uh, Nick, uh, you've got Agent Cedric, that's Omar Sharif, who is on the hunt for something. Uh, we don't exactly know what that is yet. Nick, like most unwitting Americans, proceeds to embroil himself in the thick of the plot. He meets Hillary, whose name is German for she whose bosoms defy gravity. Really puts the uh, former presidential <laughs> candidate in a different light, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm never, with her. Never thought about that, you know, when she was wearing all her sweet pantsuits. But now, you know. by ch- So he meets Hillary by chance at a German restaurant. She is supposed to be meeting Agent Cedric there at the hotel to get info on what we then later learn is her father. She uh, talks to the blind man who sells trinkets. Who do you favor in the Virginia Slims tournament? Blind man. In women's tennis, I always root against the heterosexual. <laughs> That's the Again, type of movie. blind man, Ian McNeese. Yeah. Ian McNeese here. <laughs> so, yeah, they, these are the kind of jokes that are rapid fire in this entire yes, movie. There's a lot of them. A lot of short people jokes, a lot of short horse jokes. So. <laughs> Oh, I mean, there's definitely a handful of jokes that would not float in 2020. They would they would get instant Twitter backlash oh, for sure, being yeah. inappropriate. I mean, it's not that bad, but it would definitely no. Face I mean, some they're heat. not that bad. They're yeah. I mean, they're they're benign at best, but still, with today's culture, you'd be like, oh, did you make a short person joke? Did you make a short horse joke? Like, okay, yeah, it's really not that offensive and then people go crazy how dare you slander miniature ponies <laughs> i i i'm okay a sidebar here is this, this is gonna be a uh, chumpzilla sidebar i actually found and almost bought a miniature pony birthday party for my kids last year and it didn't work out <laughs> i i'm sorry you almost bought a miniature pony no for no, no a no. birthday party no 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 they they bring about 10 miniature ponies to your house because I have this giant park in my backyard and then you're allowed to have a birthday party where the kids can pet and possibly ride tiny horses. I, I, uh, listen, I have been to your daughter's parties and I am deeply offended that that was never an option. Well, no, this, this was, this was sought out and then canceled because of COVID. So, oh no, if 2021 level sets there may be just maybe captain cash a miniature pony party at the mayor mcg's house <laughs> a little sebastian party the whole time yes I'm that's not, what i was I, shooting for i will not get drunk and try to ride one of those ponies probably i am definitely going to get drunk and try to ride one of those ponies <laughs> yeah, no, that, i mean that that is kind of the point there's someone there's someone in the cleveland area that offers a mini horse birthday party package <laughs> <laughs> This is the best news I have had in quite some time, sir. All right, we've we've strayed far yes, away far. from All the right. plot. Let's go back. Very far away from the plot. Captain Cash gets atop this miniature pony, rides it. You know, like you know, he's the Lone Ranger, very Into majestic. The and then you decide, seven IPAs deep, that you can also ride a miniature pony, no, instantly no, 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 killing no. one. <laughs> And ruining the birthday party. What I want to see happen is that Captain Cash shows up in some sort of full Knights uh, of the Round Table regalia for a miniature pony ride. And they're like, sir, you can't do that. And then he just stands there grease stricken. And they're like, just kidding. Get on the horse. (laughs) (gasps) Happiest day ever. Listen, I'll make armor for my children. And then you joust a tiny child. And we're like, okay, that might have been too far. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
as soon as he pokes a kid's eye out with a homemade joust, it's over. Fun's over. To the seven listeners that care, if this comes to fruition, I will take video and make sure it gets posted on whatever socials we have. This is taking a really weird turn. Okay, so back to the movie. Um, Although I do want to see Captain Cash joust a child. Uh, I mean, to to be fair, give it, give it six months. If we, I mean, if we're vaccinated enough to actually be able to hire this lady, it's happening. I'm having this kid's birthday party. I'm having my children's actual birthday party since they got their last one canceled, and I'm getting this pony lady. Listen, can you get out of some Beatles tunes though? And and out of nowhere, miniature pony party is entirely appropriate for top secret. Yeah. I it, yeah, it definitely fits the theme of the pod. So, at this restaurant, after she meets with the blind man, uh, she has to hide in this restaurant. Nick sees her. She's acting squirrely because post that exchange, her contact is shot. She's being pursued by German officers. Uh, as Nick stands up to perform instead of this Russian guy who is actually supposed to perform, uh, a bop, a wop, bop, a luda, wop, whatever. Tootie Fruity. Tootie, yeah. Tootie Fruity. Yeah, come, come on. on. Come like on, man. One on one. So Nick performs Tootie Fruity. Yeah, li- listen, Val Kilmer. I was about to say, can we take a pause here and actually like give Val Kilmer a hat nod for all oh. of his musical numbers Dude, in this? He's awesome in this. I Okay, I will accept he does a great job. I'm just saying as an opening number, I don't know that taking... Like, trying to do Little Richard was the move. Well, I think, I mean, you got to remember the movie is based on absurdity. So he's supposed to be, he he just overtook a major opera singer and he's going to perform the most ludicrous song. And he does it in the most ludicrous way where he's just stomping on tables and kicking glass and et cetera, et cetera. But what I'm, you know, and we'll get to, hold on two seconds. We'll get to it. Like, he does a great job in those scenes. That's what I was trying to say. He definitely does. But here's my big issue. The thing that disappoints me most about this movie is that we open with skeet surfing and then the rest of the songs are either actual songs or just fairly generic. Like I was really excited for like the songs to get even more absurd. Yeah, if he did like a tutti frutti but with like really absurd lyrics, that'd be better. Yeah, because the big gag in that musical number is the band. Val Kilmer's playing it straight. He's singing the actual lyrics to the song and he's doing competent choreography. It's a, it's a well shot musical number, but the joke is the, you know, band behind him goes from playing their standard instruments to playing rock and roll instruments. Yeah. They went from classic orchestra to big band. Yeah. Yeah, No, no, they go from from orchestra slash big band to, you know, you know, rock and roll. Yeah. Both electric guitars and, uh, the one guy starts smashing one at the end. So well, yeah, that's, that, that's the gag. The gag's not Val Kilmer. The gag's not the lyrics. The gag is the band changes. I, so I mean, it it could have hit harder. I the, agree with part, the Thunder Swizzard. The guy on the, the ground the, humping the cello is pretty spectacular. Part of the gag is <laughs> that all... That is a thing that happens. That is definitely a thing that happens. But part of the gag is also Val Kilmer going through the audience, literally climbing up on every other table and smashing all their shit. Yeah, it's very Ron Burgundy playing the Yaz flute. Yes, Yaz flute. He dabbles. So, in any event, he plays to the delight of the crowd. She escapes her hotel room where she meets Agent Cedric. 
who unfortunately has been turned into a hunk of compressed car. A circumstance that oddly still allows him to get uh, aroused. So, I think that I technically know. makes him a Bayformer. Yeah. Actually, that's a good call. The first Bayformer. Oh, shit, is he Jetfire? Yeah, could be. Could be. Settle down, Bo. So, some other things happen. Uh, Nick goes to a performance of Swan Lake where he again runs into Hillary and he saves her from a gunman who happens to be part of the German police. Uh, I have a quick side note here. Did anyone recognize the miniature of the street with all the cars as she's looking out the window prior to her escape? Is Is that the one with the hamsters? Uh, Yes. Yeah. No, I thought it came from Ghostbusters, and I am wrong. It's wrong. It is from Superman the movie. Huh. Yep. Mm. It is a recycled prop from Superman the movie. Not that you can really tell, but it is. But Ghostbusters is a good call, because if you've ever seen anything behind the scenes of Ghostbusters, the entire uh, Stay Puffed scene is just like that. So Yeah. Well, Well, I mean, it's it's miniatures and Ghostbusters, because... You're not going to film that kind of shit in New York. <laughs> no, and apparently the guys working on this movie, the producers, were super pumped to find that old Superman prop still laying around. Nice. Yeah. I Why mean, not? I mean, can you believe uh, Peter Cushing's uh, face, plaster face, was still sitting around uh, almost 40 years later? That is certifiably insane. Yeah. yeah that, like... kind of, that kind of shit is nuts that they can they find that stuff in a random warehouse and then they literally digitize it to make him into a character in a movie in now at times. Yeah. And, and I know I'm in the minority here. I thought the Carrie Fisher stuff and rogue one was a little funky. I had zero issues with the Peter Cushing uh, representation. And now I know why it's because it came from top secret. He looked great in uh, rogue one. Uh, so I thought that looked great. Yeah. Back to the plot. Nick is arrested for murdering or well there's a gag involved like you're in big trouble if he dies then they get the call how's he doing he's dead boom so hijinks ensue and he momentarily escapes his cell to encounter dr flamand alfred he's building a magnetic underwater mine for the germans a weapon that is set to be unleashed during the cultural festival so nick is meant to be executed but they allow him to perform hillary then shows up helping him to escape, and they unite with the remainder of La Resistance, including Hillary's lost love, Nigel, who's a total dickbag. Captain Cash, if you'd be so kind, in your best French accent, please introduce us to the, to the rest of La Resistance. Chevalier, Montagu, Détente, Avant-Garde, et Déjà-Vu. Have we not met before, monsieur? I don't think so. Over there, croissant, souffle, escargot, and chocolate mousse. Well, you forgot latrine! But we'll move latrine! On. A shootout ensues at, uh... I am Mr. Potato. <laughs> Another Rivers <laughs> performance takes place at a pizza place, Der Pizza House. They storm the German compound, discover Nigel is the mole. Nigel pays for his betrayal. By being mounted by a bull and being punched out in an underwater saloon, Rivers and Hillary fly off to America. The end. All right, that is the plot, but what we're really glossing over here is that there is a joke every two seconds, and it's not like limited to a character says a funny thing. There's funny shit going on in the background. There's just real random gags. 
that just that are constant, constant throughout this film. Captain Cash is right. It's it's a virtual joke onslaught. But before we get to that, because I do have questions about our favorite gags and our favorite homages, etc. Let's just say, top secret, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Did we like it? How many beers are required to watch it? We'll start with Mary McCheese. Uh, no, I liked it. Um, I think it's, I mean, how long was it? Like an hour and a half? I didn't really even Yeah, notice. 90 minutes, nothing. Yeah, I mean, two to three uh, enjoyment beers. Not required to get through it, but, you know doesn't hurt i mean I, I, it was a good movie it's not the best spoof movie i've ever seen but eh, i don't have anything terribly bad to say about it okay that's fair uh chumpzilla what do you think this comes in at a four mostly fun beer movie for me um val kilmer is green but he's solid and there are a handful of jokes in this movie that are on par with airplane but it's just not as smart as his predecessor yeah, it's not as snappy as Airplane, I don't think. I think I have more nostalgia for this movie because I saw this when I was younger. So uh, I, re- I, I I look more fondly on this, but we'll go to Captain Cash. I don't think... So I, I agree. First of all, this is two to three beer movie. It's not bad. It happens so quickly and there's so much to like chuckle at that you really it's hard to have a bad time with this uh just the jokes aren't as good as they are in airplane and none of them have like the iconic level of like and don't call me Shirley. i picked the wrong week to stop huffing glue and leon is getting larger that none of that's here but there's so much going on and and surf and skeet surfing too it's just chef's kiss it starts in a really strong place. All very valid points. I love this movie. It's three enjoyment beers for me. I think it's very funny. I think there's a lot of jokes that don't hit. Um, I don't blame them for wanting to do something like this because the studio obviously wanted them to do Airplane 2. And they said, well, are we going to make another hour and a half movie? We've already exhausted hundreds of jokes about being on an airplane. So I don't blame them for walking away. Uh, from that but I do think there was a focus there in airplane that's not here and that hurts and also one of the things they didn't want to recycle was using very famous people as gags and this movie's kind of missing that a little bit because yes Peter Cushing is very famous but he's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar so you don't get like these sort of one-offs that that really hit uh, in airplane here but gosh, I love everybody in the resistance. I love Chocolate Moose so much. Uh, Chocolate Moose is awesome. He's the man. <laughs> There's actually a YouTube video that's just the best of Chocolate Moose. <laughs> it's like he's barely in the movie, but he's so I'm clearly assuming you're a gonna fan post favorite. that to the socials. Yeah, I'll post a bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, three enjoyment totally. I mean, I it's an hour and twenty eight minutes of fun. This movie. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a couple more lingering questions, plus our quiz. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. This is our 98th episode, and we are covering 1984's comedy cult classic, Top Secret. And we do have some lingering questions about this fantastic movie. Uh... 
Number one, and I'll start with Captain Cash being, are we surprised it didn't replicate the success of Airplane? That's a tough question because on the one hand, I think we've talked about why this didn't necessarily work is it didn't have the tight narrative through line, right? Like it, it it's it's like any good spoof movie basically needs, you know, the, a straight man. But instead of a straight man, what we're talking about is a very clean plot, right? You can have all this silly shit happen, but you have to have a really clear idea of where the movie's going and what what this is about so you can have all the silly shit happen around it. And this movie doesn't have that. I mean, that said, it still is joke dense, just not quite as funny. I like if they'd have just called this airplane two and had had nothing to do with it, like it literally the same movie, right? They just called Top Secret Airplane 2, I think it probably would have done better from name recognition. Mm, I don't think so. Airplane uh, 2 colon Top Secret. I guarantee you this makes $50 million. Honestly, it's an airplane that just crashes into East Germany. Yeah, the, and that's how it starts. Yes, that's fair. The, that's fair. The, t- the tough part is, is, yeah, I mean, we've mentioned it before, the jokes aren't as perfect as they are in all of their other movies. And also you're trading Leslie Nielsen for a year one um, Val Kilmer, which no ding on Val Kilmer, but I don't think he knew exactly what he was getting into. So it's a little hard to make them equal. Well, I mean, Leslie Nielsen wasn't the, was one of the leads, but he's not the protagonist of airplane. Uh, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm linking it to future movies, to Naked That's Gun, etc. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Naked Gun is probably the, you know, the Everest of spoofs. You're not going to get, you're not going to get a spoof movie, even if you include our generation spoof movies. Nothing beats Naked Gun, and you're never going to compare like a Leslie Nielsen to a literally first movie Kilmer. And Kilmer does a great job. It's just, it just doesn't land at some point. And I don't, I, I can't put my thumb on it. I'm maybe one of you guys can. And I'll turn it over. But you know, that's kind of what I'm seeing. I, I'm gonna contest your comments here a bit, Mary McCheese. I know you love the Naked Gun movies, and Leslie Nielsen is great in those, and he is good in Airplane, but. I don't think I've seen a better spoof movie than Airplane. Um, I agreed. And I'm not, you know, it's not that it's the perfect movie, but it is the best example. It's the best specimen of what that movie was trying to do. And it's because you had so many people involved. It wasn't just one character's arc or uh, comedic contribution. The whole movie worked together. And that's tough to do. And 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 the part of that is, you know, it, I'm not going to give the guys, the the Zaz guys, credit for that completely. They facilitated it, but they got lucky. They they kind of caught lightning in a bottle there. So it's tough to recreate that. So, uh, <clears throat> that and I mean, said, props to them no, for not trying. They didn't do Airplane Two. So I think they sort of knew, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so no top secrets concept is much less straightforward than uh, airplanes. 
which slows it down from the joke a minute pace that was the hallmark of airplane. Like it still has a ton of gags, don't get me wrong, but the pacing is not as tight. And I blame that on the musical numbers because while they are proficiently choreographed and performed, no knock on Val Kilmer, they do more to slow down the movie than they do to improve it. Hard agree. And it almost seems like filler movie that's barely 90 minutes long so it was just a weird thing to introduce into their formula the musical numbers side of you know uh, uh the, the safari number which was a parody tune which skeet surfing which was funny the rest of the musical numbers actually slow the film down in you, my opinion i think you just hit it on the head if the remaining numbers were parody numbers doing gags on the various like Elvis Beatles, you know, whatever they're pulling from. I like, I don't know exactly what you described Tutti Frutti as. Well, right? I mean, is this, is this our classic rock and roll? Uh, hold on. Is this our, what makes it better question? I mean, does it get better if you make every song a parody song? Yes. I think yes. that's exactly because those need to be jokes. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, I mean, how you improve I, the movie. I, I think it's slightly funny to have Val Kilmer remake the songs, but if they were remade in the same way that Skeet Shooting was done, then yeah, that that then you're it's not wasted time. Like Jumpzilla is saying, you're not wasting time doing a song and dance number. Yeah, the answer here is in 1984 they needed to hire Weird Al to make the rest of the soundtrack. And this thing would have gone off like a fucking rocket. I like this. I like this idea. That that nails it to me. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I will say I'm very surprised it didn't replicate some form of success. It only made $20 million. Uh, it cost way more than an airplane, about $6 million more. I, you know, this is nuts. This is a 50, 60, 70 million dollar movie. It's not a 158 million dollar movie, but to finish seventh, it's it's still funny. Um, I mean, Val Kilmer has no name recognition, sure, but neither did Robert Hayes, who's the star of Airplane. So I'm sure Airplane caught fire. I don't know what its opening weekend was, but this is a time when movies could open softly and then catch, you know you know just shoot from there like holy shit you got to see this movie because they were in the they were in the theaters a lot longer um but yeah I, this easily could have made 50 million dollars it easily could have not been a flop because it is funny it's a very entertaining movie thunderous wizard do you know what val kilmer was most famous for at this point in his career i mean doing plays really the computer wore tennis shoes? <laughs> Not quite. He was Cher's boyfriend. Well, yes, that's why her picture's on the prison wall in his cell. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he was an up-and-coming actor. I mean, they discovered oh, yeah. him no, he, he, going he to a play. Um, so, but I also agree that the, the, the biggest way to improve this is the musical numbers can't be a total waste. Not that singing Tutti Frutti is a waste, but it had to be funnier a la Skeet Shooting. Uh, Der Pizza House performance is got a lot more sight gags to it between them twirling the dummies, between him you know, spinning his way through the floor and re-emerging through the front door. They're, they're just not, there's not enough with those. Um, 
but I still love the movie. So yeah, but to that point, the songs themselves are still straightforward covers. Yes. Um, now that said, because the songs in themselves are an homage to those songs, uh, in a movie like this with all those sorts of things, what reference stood out to you the most? Um, and there are a lot of dated ones in this movie, but I found a lot of things I found very funny. Uh, so we'll start with Captain Cash. Now, are we talking just random gags that I enjoyed? Well, it could be send-ups to old shows or movies, which there are a couple. Some are yeah. not so recognizable, but if you're a movie buff, you'll you'll uh, you'll appreciate them. And some are just like actual to history. So, oh, so so maybe I. I, I interpreting this question a little differently because my maybe my favorite gag especially early on is when uh, hillary and uh, nick are in the restaurant and she says oh i know a little german there he is and like this little guy gets up and waves i like i know that's not a reference to something but that's one of those gags where i went oh wait i know what we're doing now okay cool i love that gag it's true. It's a great gag. Chumzilla. Uh, okay, I've got two here. One I hated and one that I really enjoyed. I did not like the weirdly racist and homophobic password questions that they exchanged between the secret agents. Like, that didn't age very well. Mm. Like, I, was like, I was like, oh, really? That's where you went with that one? Ouch. Yes, okay, so. but Omar Sharif getting... Uh, purple water sprayed in his face, an exploding cigar in his face. And then the other thing is like, holy shit, this guy's like this incredible actor and he's got to like just endure all this stupid shit. I love that. Yep. Yeah, no, that made up for it. I'm like, okay, that's not so bad. But I think my favorite, it's a really low key one, is when Hillary is talking about the West and she talks about television. She's like, well, most of your stuff's garbage, but we really liked MASH. And the Mary, the Mary Tyler Moore show. I like that. I was like, because those are actually good TV shows. So, and again, was, uh, part of the uh, sort of thematic uh, jumble that is this movie, you're referencing shit that didn't exist when you're supposed to be in 1950s Germany. Yeah, so. Anti-chromatic? Is it, what's, what's the... Yeah. Captain Cash, what's the, the term for that? Kodachrome. Kodachrome? I, I mean, uh, don't, color don't vision. Away, I don't, don't know. Take away my Kodachrome answer. But yeah, but no, I th because you know, yeah, those are actually two very good television shows from the West that are actually progressive. Mash and the Mary Tyler Moore Show. So that that makes sense. That and, checks out. And both great shows. Uh, Mayor McCheese. I also did not <clears throat> fully understand the question. Uh, I do like the gag where they're in the cow and ultimate baddie wants to go back and screw everyone over and as they're trying to do that the male cow comes up and serves some justice <laughs> that really doesn't play into anything but as the cow sauntered up i was like ah oh, this is gonna be good <laughs> it's it's good because not only does the cow administer some barnyard justice but then he he later comes, in the movie he comes upon hillary that, like, stilt walk and he's walking like Rob Lowe from Wayne's World after he gets the cavity search. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it it's not 100% to your question, but I did enjoy that part. So here's what I'll say, because here's sort of my, my question was, 
there's jokes in this movie that deliberately are referencing real world events or other movies. And one I really loved in terms of like pop culture is they spoof the great escape in this motorcycle scene where Val Kilmer's chasing after Hillary, who's been kidnapped by Nigel, but that immediately uh, transitions into this underwater saloon fight where he becomes one of the brothers from Bonanza and he knocks the guy out in the saloon and he puts on the hat and they play the music and they really film that, which is totally crazy. Like they film 15 seconds at a time and then they get oxygen, but they, you know, they like put these guys in a water tank in Pinewood studios and had them film this elaborate bar fight in no, a Western bar. Not, that is legitimately nuts. Like that whole scene, it's not faked. Like they did that whole fucking scene underwater and it's awesome. It's great. And then another one I really love is in, in history is General Streck is sitting there with his feet on the desk and he's reading Herman Goring's workout book and it's got it's got a Nazi Goring in like his full Nazi garb doing stretches. And then it cuts and it's just his boots on the desk and he didn't have his feet up. But I still I just love the Herman Goring's workout book. But joke-wise, I think Captain Cash is on the money. It's got to be... I speak a little... <laughs> I know a little German. He's sitting over there. German. And, like, for me, that... I, I know we had the whole experience of skeet surfing, which is fully insane. And it does really help set the tone. But at the point at which they're doing just full-on insane gags. Like, I know a little German. There he is, where it, it doesn't make sense for the context of the film. This isn't... They're not playing it straight. This is full-on parody silliness. I was like, okay, I get it. Yep, I'm here. Let's do this. There's a lot of actual jokes just with the German they speak in the movie. Like, what people are actually saying is opposed to what you think they'd be saying. Well, fuck with Peter Cushing and, and Hillary, they literally are just playing dialogue backwards. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So we, we really answered, how would you improve the movie? So we are on to the quiz, which is the croissant souffle, escargot and chocolate mousse trivia challenge. Croissant. Goddamn. Croissant. So gentlemen, this is a uh, standard multiple choice format quiz. I have six questions, mostly relating to this movie. To chime in, please say, I know a little German. He's sitting over there. Can, can we shorten it to just, I know a little German? I know German. a little German, yeah. Yeah, uh, that works. That works better. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Are we ready? I am ready. Number one. This podcast favorite considers Top Secret to be their favorite movie. Is it A, Weird Al Yankovic? Is it B, Mike Myers? Is it C, Dana Carvey? Or is it D, Nicolas Cage? Sprechersy Deutsch. Uh, Chumzilla. It is Weird Al Yankovic. That is correct. Shit. is why he actually included a backward film scene in his music video for Amish Paradise. And I'd just like to point out that that is my favorite scene in this movie, is the Swedish bookstore. That is hilarious. I am well, well executed as well. I am so frustrated that they didn't hire like Weird Al was a thing in 84. If they had just hired Weird Al for the like 
four songs other than Skeet Surfing, this movie makes $100 million. Easy. He's barely a thing in 84. Still. Well, Val Kilmer wasn't a thing, so bring in Weird Al. Write some other silly songs and you're gold. Number two, it is one nothing Chumpzilla. Val Kilmer, who is a Juilliard-trained actor, as I mentioned, was chosen for this role after the director saw him perform in the play Slab Boys. That play also featured these two up-and-coming actors. Jesus. Is it A, George Clooney and Tom Cruise? Is it B, Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe? Is it C, Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon? Or is it D, Al Pacino and Kiefer Sutherland? Spreading Keith Kirby, German. Well, that was really close. Uh, I'm giving it to Mayor McCheese. I'm going with B. That is incorrect. Ah, fuck! Spreckency Deutsch. Chumzilla. It is C. It is C. It is Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon. Talk about a loaded cast of a play. That was Son my guess. Bitch. Crap. So it is 2-0 Chumzilla, and we are on to number three, which is the final act of Top Secret, Spoofs. The Blue Lagoon, which, uh, listeners, if you haven't seen it, is a really fucking bizarre movie from 1980 starring Brooke Shields. (laughs) That would never be released today. Uh, Yeah, Brooke Brooke Shields was underage, and she is nude in part of that film. It is super probably not okay. Kind of weird, yeah. It's a super weird movie, and somehow got a sequel. Anyways... That said, Blue Lagoon was the ninth highest grossing movie of 1980. Which of these movies did not earn more than it? Is it A, Private Benjamin? Is it B, Smokey and the Bandit 2? Is it C, The Blues Brothers? Or is it D, 9 to 5? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I speak a little German. Okay, Captain Cash. A? Incorrect. Damn. Sprechensee Deutsch. Chumzilla. B. Incorrect. Uh, Mayor McCheese, you have the Blues Brothers or 9 to 5 left. All right. What's the question? <laughs> All right. So I wasn't actually, I wasn't really paying attention. I'm not going to lie to you. 50-50. Fuck you. Oh, well, no, I'll guess it. I mean, we've done the Blues Brothers. I'll go with the Blues Brothers. That is correct. No, no. no. The Blues Brothers what? did not gross more than the Suck Blue it, Lagoon. Both of you. <laughs> or nine to five? Nine to five made more money than the Blue Lagoon, as did Smokey and the Bandit too, somehow, because that movie is atrocious. And so did Private Benjamin, which goalie on. So you're saying the Blues Brothers was the was the lowest grossing movie of the bunch? It gro- it was the tenth highest grossing movie below the ninth highest grossing movie. The blue lagoon. What he's saying is that Mayor McCheese yes. just dunked on your ass. Lowest grossing oh, movie of the month. Oh, I thought I thought wait, hot I hot 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 so the Blues Brothers was out-earned by 9 to 5. Oh, yeah. By a fuckload. I mean, wow. listen, don't, I am... don't, ever, don't ever doubt the power of Dolly Parton. I, I, I apologize now. I should have never questioned the bona fides of Dolly Parton. 
My Goddamn bad. right. Hey, yep, Lily, Lily Tomlin, too, guys. All right, Lily Tomlin. Yeah, Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Also, yeah, that guy good. who was super famous in the '80s who plays the boss, who I really like, and I have no clue what his name is, but you recognize. So, him. are we are we even across the board now? No, it is two for Chumzilla, one for you, zero for Captain Cash. We are on to number four, which great. is when it opened on June twenty second, nineteen eighty four. Top Secret, as I mentioned, finished seventh at the box office. Which of these films did it earn more than that day? More than. So it, fit, it earned more than one of these movies. Is it A, Rhinestone, which is that awful country music movie with Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton? Is it B, <laughs> The Natural? Is it C, The Karate Kid? Is it D, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock? Or is it E, The Temple of Doom? I speak a little German. Captain Cash. Search for Spock. Incorrect. Damn it. Spurgacy Deutsch. Chumzilla. It's got to be Rhinestone. Incorrect. Oh, damn. See, how much he said he hated Rhinestone made me think it was Rhinestone. That seemed like the obvious answer. T-Dubs, what are my uh, remaining choices? So left, you have the natural, the karate kid, and the temple of doom. Now, mind you... I did, Jesus not, I did not say how many weeks some of these movies had been out. Oh. Well, I'm, <laughs> hey, mind you, I'm also dumb, so I'm not going to know any of those hints. Um, say it again one more time, and I'm going to pick one. All right, so you've got The Natural, which is one of the great baseball movies of all time, The Karate yes, Kid. Yes, I know what The Natural is. And Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Let's go with Indiana Jones. Incorrect. It's The Natural, which was in its yeah, seventh week of release. Rhinestone, though, first week, still beat it. Uh, Karate Kid, first week. Star Trek Three was in its fourth. Temple of Doom, fifth. Damn. But it beat Damn. The Natural, barely. Yeah, I should have I should have picked up on the hints. I screwed that up. So Fuck we're, you, Robert Redford. Hey, you don't you ever, never. Robert Redford is a gem of a person. You're about to... You're about to get booted from the pod. He's also part of the MCU, so watch your mouth. Uh, so it's two to one, Chumpzilla over Merrick Cheese. Number five, Val Kilmer and co-star Christopher Villiers both starred in separate remakes of this classic TV show. Is it A, Wings of Courage? Is it B, The Saint? Is it C, The Missing? Or is it D, Spartan? I speak a little German. That's Captain Cash. The Saint. That is correct. It's the Saint. Yeah. I said I'm going to shoot. Doesn't count anymore. In 19... And the best part is Val Kilmer was in the movie The Fucking Saint. Yes, that's why he I was going to answer saint. the Saint. Bullshit. So in, in, in 1997, Val Kilmer played Simon Templar. And in 2017, Villiers played Arthur Templar in... The Saint, which was a TV show, I believe. Maybe it was a movie, I don't know. But this, his, his wasn't, rival... Wasn't The Saint a reboot, though? It was like the remake of a TV show. It was a classic TV show that they made. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So we are now at two to one to one. Coming down to question oh six. Guys, a lot is riding here. You have the ass end of the rubber <laughs> cow. Killed later? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. The anal intruder? Yeah. 
You've got Herman Goring's workout book on the line. I'm okay. A lot of goose steps. Not much else. That's the lot, whole book. Lot, lots of like hile hiles. Yeah, high hiles. It's like a it's like a well, jumping jack, but you your know. your uh, right arm lot, won't, lot like, won't get much of it on some sort of piston device. No, not that. So number six, if we go to a draw. You know, we all have to split it, I guess. This hmm. directing duo has cited Top Secret as being a huge inspiration for them. Is it A, the Farrelly brothers? Is it B, Lord and Miller? Is it C, the Russo brothers? Or is it D, the Duplass brothers? I speak a little German. I'm just going to say the Russo brothers because in my brain, I hope that's true. It is not true. You're incorrect. Damn it. Like all the other... All the other answers make more sense. I just would really like to know. You know, they did do Community, so... Community was fucking great. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they kind of do and they kind of don't. Yeah, so help us out here, Thunderous Wizard. Give uh, Mayor McCheese and I the remaining answers. Okay, so the remaining answers are the Farrelly brothers, Lord and Miller, or the Duplass brothers. If you're not familiar with them... uh, one of them was a star of... I'm very familiar with him. The League. Thunderous Wizard. Yeah, he's he's a very funny guy. I'm waiting for Chumpzilla to chime in because I have no fucking idea. And I'm trying to... I'm trying to bottom you know fish what? this. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. The Fairley Brothers. Oh, no. You've missed it. That is not correct. Oh. Mayor McCheese, oh. you have Lord and Miller or the Duplass Brothers. I mean, since I just said it, I, I'm I'm just going to go with the Duplass brothers. Oh, gosh, guys, no. It's Lord, Lord and Miller. Ah. Oh, my God. Fucking clone high. Yeah, how do you not know that? I, like, oh, I no, I looked expected. I very clearly made my decision on what I hoped was a truly insane choice, not the most logical one. Well, I'm, I'm just guessing the in the dark Ralph because... How could you not know this thing? I was guessing in the dark because I have no idea what any of this stuff is. So they said Chris and I are huge fans. They're a big influence on us in comedy with a big C. Just go for it. I mean, you can see that in some of their movies. I mean, especially 21 Jump Street. Like, yes, it's a movie, but a lot of it, like, is totally off the off the walls. Uh, so that is the end of our quiz. Uh, Chumpzilla, you have one. Herman Goring's workout book, plus the rubber ass end of the cow, plus a copy of yeah. Nick Rivers' Skeet Surfing, autographed by Deja Vu. Not Nick Rivers. We couldn't get his autograph. He's too famous. But we got Deja shoot, Vu. Shoot. So, yeah. I'll take it. I Listen, Mr. So Carson is nothing to sneer at. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we're going to take a quick break. And while we do that, listen to a word from our good friends at Hop Nation USA. And we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back to the 98th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by RevengeTheFans.com. 
And gentlemen, now has come the time for recommendations. So what do you have on tap this week? We'll start with Chumpzilla. Okay, well, I know it's a bit of a cop-out, but my recommendation is Weird Al's Magnum Opus UHF. And listen to our pod on it, too, which is episode number 47. I think UHF is funnier as a movie than Top Secret. And we get a glimpse of a proto-Cosmo Kramer. It's also streamed for free on Pluto or Peabody or whatever. Check it out. And again, Weird Al loves Top Secret. And that's basically his inspiration for UHF. So... I feel like these are spiritual sequels. So check it out. I'll always endorse recommending old pods. Uh, as long as they weren't the ones on DuckTales that were lost in time, unfortunately. Mayor <laughs> uh, McCheese, what's your recommendation? Uh, I have not been watching anything new, so I'll dip way back into my memory banks. Um, if you like documentaries and you like... Um, art or graffiti go watch exit through the gift shop which is a very kind of like underground documentary about banksy over in england um i don't think we've recommended it before it's good it's good it's quick it's easy i would assume it's still on netflix i have no idea but if you can still catch exit through the gift shop go watch that that's my recommendation okay uh captain cash in the spirit of hops and double O flops, sort of a weird spy thriller, um, I really got into the HBO Max series, The Flight Attendant, uh, which stars. Yeah. I've heard good uh, things. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco. Cuoco. Thank you. Yeah. The, uh, the voice of Harley Quinn from The Harley Quinn Show. Great show. But no, uh, Flight Attendant is really, really good, and uh, the lead actress. I keep screwing it up. Kaylee Coco? Cuckoo Kachoo. Yeah, exactly. Mrs. Robinson. Yes. Uh, <laughs> absolutely deserves every award they can throw at her because she acts her ovaries off. It's great. Actually, yeah, that's cool because I've really been looking forward to watching that um, and I have not had the chance yet. Uh, I mean, the good thing is I think it's eight episodes and they're between like 30 and 40 minutes. So I like I don't feel like I'm committing to a complete like thing too much to watch it yeah yep uh so my recommendation and i have i've been watching a lot of stuff but i feel like this is pod specific is psycho gorman which itself is also a spoof on more serious horror fare in it two kids discover an ancient alien warlord who they then befriend and make uh him do dumb shit with them back in me I, I yeah yeah basically I wouldn't say it's a great movie but it's often very funny uh, it has a very heavy metal Power Rangers feel to it there's a lot of jokes in it that don't land just like sort of in Top Secret but uh, if you're into sort of goofy schlocky horror fare I think you'll like it and there was a, a lot of very funny stuff in it um so that's it for this week. And remember, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and VL Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. You can find Captain Cash at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. Uh, Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. And Mayor McCheese can be found at H-B-O-F McCheese on Twitter. 
If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share uh, movies that you'd love us to cover in future episodes. Now, as we draw to a close, listeners, remember, for as long as a single man is forced to cower under the iron fist of oppression, as long as a child cries out in the night, or an actor, or in America's more recent case, a shitty game show host, can be elected president, we must continue the struggle. We'll see you next week for the start of our Hops and Heroic Flops series with the the oft-ridiculed Ryan Reynolds classic Green Lantern in Darkest Day. Oh, no. Darkest day in brightest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might beware my power. Shitty movies and beer. Still shitty movies. And beer. But beer. (laughs) Yeah, but. I mean, but beer.